When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Secret Squad. Welcome back to a brand new episode of I've Got a Secret. I'm so excited for this week's episode. I'm chatting remotely with Susie Batiste, the founder of Poopery. Poopery is that spray before you go toilet spray, but it's so much more than that, it seems. Susie built this company from the ground up after experiencing some of life's lowest lows poverty sexual and domestic abuse, depression, two bankruptcies, and a suicide attempt. This toilet spray was the first step in Susie building a nine-figure empire, landing her on Forbes' list of the richest self-made women in America multiple times. So, Secret Squad, the name of this podcast really reflects her journey, the secret to owning your (laughs) I love that. One last thing about Susie. She is now dedicated to mentoring women and helping them transform their lives. We'll be talking all about her new passion project, Alive OS. Thank you for being here, Susie. Hi. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Every time I hear those things that I've been through, I always still get weepy. Isn't it weird? (laughs) No, it's not weird. I don't think that at all because, you know what, I have body chills right now just seeing you, hearing you, and then hearing what you just said because I don't blame you. I would get weepy too. It's, It's truly amazing. Your journey is truly amazing. Yeah, I'm amazed by it every day. It's those, you know, where you get dropped to your knees in gratitude type amazement, you know? You know what? What you just said again is the very reason I have been so excited about our podcast today, because I know that you've been through so much, you've conquered so much, and now you want to really give back to so many others. And, you know, it's just not a lot of people want to do that. Not a lot of people who have been through so much like you have, and then conquer it, like I said, and and uh, accomplish so much, and then decide, you know what? It's going to not be about me anymore. It's going to be about everybody else. So I'm just really, really happy and proud that you want to spend your time with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. You know what that reminds me of about sharing? I grew up with my granny, had like a two acre garden, you know, and then you would have like a bunch of tomatoes or, you know, you'd get a bunch of cucumbers and I was always going, you know, you'd have to go to the neighbors to share. And that's what it feels like at this stage of my life is I've gained so much as far as life experiences. And it's just a natural outpouring to want to share those, right? Oh, yes. You know what? I love your story because it's so real. And the beginning of your journey starts from, well, the bottom. (laughs) Tell us about filing bankruptcy at the very young age of 20 years old. Yeah, so it was interesting. When I was 17, I had this idea that I was designed, I designed this pair of denim shoes. I thought, 
there should be denim pumps, you know, back whenever people were wearing pumps with jeans. So my boyfriend at the time had a um, aunt that worked at a shoe factory. We designed these pumps. I called guests in New York and I said, I designed these denim pumps. And, you know, I didn't think anything more than that about it. And they said, come see me. And I went to go see my mom. And my mom said, you can't go to New York City. And I said, why? And she said, well, you're just a little girl from Arkansas. So it was really interesting. So that set me off and going, wow, I'm way smaller than I thought I was. You know, I, I must have these dreams that are really unrealistic. So there was a little local bridal salon. I got married at 19. So by the time I was 20 years old, I was married, bankrupt, and divorced. And I bought this bridal salon, bought a bunch of old inventory, and it just wasn't going to make it. So I filed bankruptcy by the time I was 20. Wow. And I got a piece of advice, Robin. It's really interesting. I was telling someone the other day, I've had probably five pieces of advice that I've lived my life off of. And I went to the, to the banker, and I said, I need to borrow more money. And he had filed bankruptcy a few times. And he said, the number one rule in business is realize when you got a rotten fish. And when you have a rotten fish, you throw it overboard, turn your back and never look back. So people often ask me, was I, did I feel defeated? So on one hand, I did feel defeated in that the business didn't work, but he taught me what to do in business. Now I did attempt suicide when I was 21, but not because of that, but it was more just the whole heaviness of all of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, a, I always say it was like, I came out of the gate in business, like those rodeo. Have you ever seen those rodeos where yes. they open the gate and then the guy falls? Yeah, yes. that was me. Like, I yes. Just, yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm from Texas. So, so any analogy you give that has a rodeo in it, I can completely understand. Yes. <gasps> wow. Yeah, so, so I love that banker. Yeah, I do too, man. He really taught me like, just keep going. So I never really took business personal. You know, I was always trying with business. Now, you know, I had other dynamics in my life. You know, I grew up in a lot of dysfunction, uh, you know, bipolar, alcoholic father, mother on pain pills, and molestation, and a rape when I was 16. So a lot of those stories actually ended up setting off patterns that I was just repeating over and over in my life because of a feeling of unworthiness, mostly. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. So what did you think your future would hold at that point in your life? Well, I really didn't think I, there was a future, which is why I did suicide at 21. I just thought this is it. What I've uh, later learned, the reason people, I remember hearing this podcast, or not a podcast back in the day, it was a cassette tape, but someone talking about decision-making and they said that people that attempt suicide don't know they have another decision. Uh, so that's where I was back then. I didn't know there was any other choice. I just knew that life was too heavy for me. I grew up in Arkansas. I didn't know anything about about therapy or, uh-huh. you know, I'd never even heard of that. So, uh-huh. you know, I was just like, I got to get out of here, people. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was, you know, really the lowest that you can be. And that's happened twice in my life then. And then after my second bankruptcy oh. um, was when I just thought I'm, I'm kind of done here. Oh. Like, why am I even on this earth, which a lot of us have had those moments, uh-huh. you know, um, when we just wonder what we're doing here and start uh-huh. questioning everything. Those other, the other get down on your knees to God kind of moments, right? <laughs> uh-huh. That's exactly right. And thank heavens you're here to tell others that feel that way or may think that way that that is not the answer. 
It's not the answer. And you always have more choices. There's always, 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 I get teary saying that Uh that's what, but that's what I did not know. There were any other choices. Uh Uh You know, there's always, always a new day. You always can get through anything. I think that's the wisdom of being older, Uh right? Uh You start learning some of that, start learning. Okay. You know, nothing's as bad as I ever thought. I was telling my daughter the other day, I said, you know, all the things that I worried about in life, I don't even know if I can remember any of those. Oh, How much that's, time did I waste in my uh, life just worrying? You know? Oh, that's so true. Life experience is, I think, one of the best ways to educate us. But I have three older sisters, a twin brother, and growing up, I can remember my mother saying to one of my sisters who was just so upset over a breakup with a boyfriend. I mean, they were just teenagers. And uh, she was sobbing. She was just like, my life is over. I, I, I don't know how I'm ever going to go on. And, and I was very young. I, was, I think I was like 10 years old, whatever, and thinking, what is this all about? Why is she so upset? And she was just going on and on and just sobbing. And I can remember my mother saying to her, oh, this is the first of so many boyfriends that you're going to have. He's not the one. If you just trust me on this, there are going to be so many others. And my sister just refused to listen. She was like, no, life is over. I I can't go on from here. And I can remember my mother saying, when you finally meet the one, you're going to never even remember what this boy's name is. Exactly. That actually stopped my sister from crying. She just stopped crying and looked at my mother and went, "Ah, that's possible? What? But it's true. Just like what you said to your daughter's like, you'll go through so many experiences in life that when you think you can't handle another one, you will look back and go, that was nothing. (laughs) That was nothing. Exactly. And one of the things I teach in a lot live OS is what if, just what if by chance, those challenges that were put in front of us were actually for us to evolve and grow. Yes. And this isn't like Pollyanna. It's really what I found is once I stopped becoming a victim and started realizing, hold on, I'm putting myself in these situations. I have something, the common denominator here is me, yes. right? Yes. So whenever I started changing inside, inside my own being, and I started showing up differently and it, my external experiences were different, I started realizing that, oh, well, hold on, I've got a, a lot more control of this than I thought. I felt beaten up by life. You know, I was just, I always say that my life before 38 was like being on the top of a of a double black diamond ski run and losing a ski and you just tumble off, you know, you can't stop. Yes. You see those movies? Yes. That's what I felt like. But then once after my second bankruptcy, Rob, when I was just, I call it the clean slate when everything was the everything, right? Yes. The house, the cars, the money, yes. I, like I thought was everything. Yes. When that was removed, then I was able to look at, look back at myself, my life, what I'd been up to. And there was no more victim. I had to face myself for the first time in my life. Yes. It was just like, whoa, sister, you got to face everything you've been up to. Yep. And you have to learn. And don't you agree that sometimes it really just comes down to just a choice. You just have to make a choice to take your power back and, and not allow all of the tough lessons that you've learned take over and beat you down, that you have to make that choice. I'm going to take my power back and and just realize I can still do this. I can still go on and I can make my life work. Yes. And that's what I, and I tell people all the time. I'm like, 
you've got to, it's going to take more will, more like gumption than you ever, when you're, the, the deeper you are, That's the right. more energy it's going to take to get yourself out. But it, when you muster that up and make the choice to get out of that place, you can do it. Yes. I've done it. You know, yes. so I know it's possible and I'm not the smartest thing, you know, running around, but you know, I had all the stories to be living in a trailer park, you know, on drugs right now. Listen, um, I think I you're pretty smart. <laughs> I think you're, I think I'm you're really guy. pretty smart. Tell us, how did you turn things around? Yeah. So I started really facing myself and looking back at what I was up to and what I was up to was chasing external things to make me happy. I thought if I could get, if I could make more money, get the thing, if, if I could become popular or, you know, all these things, something outside myself was going to make me feel worthy. And that, that's where I just get real teary about how much effort I put it put in feeling like I was worthy in the world. So I started um, doing a lot of inner, I went on a four year sabbatical and started doing a lot of inner work and therapy. And I was happy, Robin, for the first time in my life, like happy inside myself. And I, what I realized is like, like I, like, it doesn't matter what happens externally. I started realizing that happiness is within me. It is not outside of me, where I'm at, who I'm with, what's happening, that there's an internal state of being that I can control. And uh, I've, you know, worked my ass off for 20 years in therapy. And, you know, I've, I've worked harder on personal development than anything, but I had a lot to shift. I had not only my own life and what I did, I had generational patterns, you know, these patterns come all the way through. Um, and it's taken a lot of work, but I, you know, you can take everything I have away and I am happy. I am a happy woman. And I could, I, again, I just get so teary going oh. like, there's no way anybody can take anything away from me. They just can't. I I'm love just happy. that. I yeah. love that. And I really love that your your passion now is to share that and to teach others how to get to that place. That's so wonderful. So what did it take psychologically to prepare yourself to start a business after all that you had gone through? Well, I'll tell you, I had sworn myself off business. I was like, I'm literally the worst entrepreneur in the world. I don't even, I, I, I was like this with business, like just get away from me. I really had still, even though I was happy inside, I believed it had caused too much, you know, uh, angst in my life. And um, whenever the idea with Poopery came to me, I got a, a chill up my arm the lights looked like they came on in the room and my brother-in-law said, you know, can you trap bathroom odor? And I went, I can do that. And he kind of goes, really? You think so? And I go, yeah. I, what I saw was oil floats on water. I work with essential oils. And, and it was, it was like that moment of just insight. Like I saw it all. Oh my gosh. So I spent nine months and nobody thought it was a good idea, Robin, at all. Everybody was like, what? I talked about back them over and they'd lean back like, oh, what are you doing? And um, it was the idea that was so alive inside of me that that I, the reason I did it, it, it was alive. And I just knew I could make it happen. Oh my Once I did it, 
once I did it, it was so good. I had to put it on the market. I had to share it. Right. Yes. Because I was like, you got to try this. So there was no big marketing plan. It's just, I was so excited that I actually pulled it off and that it was so good. I wanted everybody to try it. Oh and then gosh. everybody else wanted to try it. It's so fun. You know? I just love it. So you were just sitting around with your brother-in-law Yeah. and he just, I mean, you were having a conversation. Were you saying like, I want to create a business and I want to create something with essential oils. And how did the conversation come up? And he says, can you create something that traps bathroom odor? I mean, you've came up with the perfect product that every human being can use. So you were just sitting around with your brother-in-law and y'all had the conversation and you thought of going one step further and creating it. Yeah. So we were we were in a small house with one bathroom at a family um, holiday gathering and there was bathroom odor that came out and yeah because I didn't think about doing a business even when he said that I saw the product but I still didn't think about going into business it was just like I can make that I know I can because I I grew up the See, so whenever you get older, you start harvesting. I grew up poor, making everything. Remember, I made the denim shoes. I didn't think about buying them. I made it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so the wonderful thing is the sourcefulness of I can just make it, right? Yeah. And I knew I could do it. That's how it happened. Yeah, it was uh, so fun. I just love hearing this because I too grew up poor and my mother was a phenomenal seamstress and she could create anything with her hands like she sewed around the clock and she couldn't really afford to go to the fabric store and just buy any fabric off the bolt that she wanted she had to buy fabric from the remnant table and but then she would bring it home and she created the most beautiful clothes of course back then we didn't really appreciate it we felt like we had homemade clothes we didn't have the good sense to say oh we have custom wardrobes. But and, and when I look exactly. back now, I should have said, yeah, my wardrobe is couture. It's custom made. But she was so talented. and But she was the same way. If we needed anything, she had to make it. So there's a great benefit from being poor or, you know, not having everything you want. You have the instinct to create it. And you created yeah. it. And it Completely. is, it's brilliant. It's or it was created through me. I'm not sure what happened, you know, but what I know is I kept mixing oils. And then one day my, my husband at the time walks out of the bathroom. They were all over me. You know, I, I, oh my gosh, I, I harassed friends, family. I'd ask them like, do you guys go to the bathroom? You know? <laughs> and one, one day my ex-husband walks out of the bathroom and he goes, we're going to be millionaires. Oh, I and I it. said, what? And he said, do you realize what you've done? He goes, you've taken smell out of, you know? <laughs> and I said, it works. He oh goes, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I then I just it. sent it. To about, yeah. Then I just sent it to about 10 friends and I'm, I'm type A, you know, used to be, and I sent them this form and they pick up the phone. They're like, girl, it's good. You need to make it. And I want some more, you oh, know? So people just started doing it. And, and I didn't know anything. I just kept calling manufacturers and saying, I've got this product, this bathroom freshener. Can you make it? And the one thing I love that I think business people should know is everyone wants to help you. This whole thing about competition and everybody, that is not true. I agree. The the reality is every single person, you know, that I've ever encountered wants to help me succeed. I agree. And I I didn't know that prior. And I agree. Go into it with that attitude as well. Like people do want to help you. Brilliant people 
recognize brilliant people. They want to help you succeed. I love that attitude and that, that frame of mind. And I love your name. Who Did you think of it? Pooh Pari? Well, I had the whole posse out. My ex-husband at the time wanted to call it trap a crap And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is horrible. And my sister-in-law called and I was doing interior design at the time. And she called and she said, poo poo parade, you know, like hip hip parade. <laughs> and I was like, no, poo parade, like potpourri. Like yes. it was just immediate. Yes. And uh it's yeah, so it was cute. really fun. It's so cute. Can Thank I tell you. you a quick story? There's an app called House Party, and uh, it's for young kids. It's for young children to, uh, my grandchildren got me on it because they're on it all the time talking to their friends, especially with this pandemic. It's great for young children and they can get together with their friends and visit from their homes. And so I log on to house party and I'm talking to my granddaughter, Avery, who's 10. And uh, so we were talking about our day and she said, grandma, what are you going to do tomorrow? I said, oh, I'm so excited. I'm doing a podcast with a woman named Susie Batiz and she created this phenomenal product and it's called Poo-Pourri. And I said, isn't that cute? And can you tell what it is, what it's about? She went, oh, grandma, we have that all over the boat. We have it all over our house. We have it everywhere. Mommy just loves it. We all love it. I know what that is. <laughs> I That's know. so great. I know. I thought that was precious. I said, oh, well, I'm talking to the woman who created it. That's okay, so, so we have to talk about the viral video, Girls Don't Poop. So Secret Squad, this video has over 43 million views. Tell us about the concept and how the video affected yourselves at the company. Yeah, it was so good. I'll tell you, I, so I was about eight years old, doing about $8 million a year and having a pretty nice life. And I woke up one morning and I told my ex-husband, like, we got to put the gas on this. He said, what are you talking about? I go, we got to go. So I found these rogue um, uh, digital, you know, marketers. That was before it was cool or a thing really. And I found them. And, uh, I remember we had a writer in the room and we camped out at Sundance for two weeks and we you know our team was in with this writers and the, the guy puts the, the first line of that video is, um, you're not going to believe the mother load I just dropped much <laughs> less the creamy behemoth that just burst in my, and I was like, I, I'm texting all my friends. I'm, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, I, we can't say this. And I fought the writer at the time and half my team loved it. The other half hated it. And he said, well, we're going to film that opening and we're going to, uh, and let's just, we'll test it online and see which one works. And I said, well, the only way you can do that is if Bethany is in a super proper dress she has like a british accent so that we can juxtapose the way she's talking right um so anyway we shot that video they said that it was never going to be viral consumer products don't have viral goods uh -huh. and we had completely sold out our inventory we were four million dollars in back stock within two days that, that <gasps> video came out yeah it just went it just went I, I just went, you know, it's like Busby got it, read it, and everybody started sharing it because number one, we're talking about a topic that everyone does, but no one talked about, True. you know, True. Um, no one so blatantly talked about it either. <laughs> and it was really good. It, it completely changed. We became a global company overnight. I love it. I love it. It's like 
Secret Squad, are you hearing that? If you have a product and you really want to sell it, like don't be afraid to talk about it and get it out there and have fun with it as well because I think that is hilarious. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yes. So to congratulate you on that, I think it's time we do the first thing of two things we are consistent about on this podcast. And that first thing we're going to do is our drink of the day. So in every podcast, we do a drink of the day. We create a drink that applies to our topic and to our guest. So we've created this drink, and I call it the stress-melting turmeric iced tea. Because I wanted something that's calming and refreshing, and I think this drink is just perfect. The antioxidants in turmeric are linked to reducing the type of stress commonly connected to depression. It also, though, benefits your immune system and digestion, which, of course, from my father, I inherited a really sensitive digestive system. So this kind Mm -hmm. of helps with all sorts of things that we all suffer from. You take one packet of green tea, one quarter teaspoon cinnamon, one eighth teaspoon of turmeric, one teaspoon honey, some lemon slices, which are optional. And then you need some ice. So the instructions are you add the tea bag, cinnamon, turmeric, and honey into a pot. Add eight ounces of hot water and allow everything to steep for three to five minutes. Remove the tea bag and allow mixture to come to room temperature. Pour into an ice-filled glass and serve with a lemon slice. And because we're virtual, we can't have this together and clink our glasses. But I have one here. I'll show you. And the first opportunity we have to get together, we'll have one together. How's that? I love it. But I created this iced tea drink in honor of you and our podcast today. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. I love the colors. Thank you. Thank you. And Secret Squad, you can go to I've Got a Secret with RobinMcGraw.com and you'll see a photo of the drink that I prepared for us and you'll see the recipe. So cheers. Cheers. That's so good. I love it. It's the twist on the Southern iced tea, right? Yes, it is. So as I understand it, you're now using your story to mentor others on personal development and spiritual work, which I just love. Tell us all about Alive OS. 
Yeah, thank you. So a live OS, um, I call it a live OS for a live operating system. What I realized, remember when I said I kept doing things over and over, what I started realizing is, hold on, I learned a lot of this when I was young and I started realizing it's almost like a, a program on a computer that we get, we have data input into our subconscious mind zero to seven. And then that, you know, we learn the same way, you know, mommy says pin, you're like pin, you know, and then she hits you and says bad. And you're like bad, you know, <laughs> like we are just, we're just a recorder. So what I realized is, hold on, I recorded all of these memories, this dysfunction from generational patterns, and I can actually reprogram these anytime that I want when they come up. So what I do with the live OS is walk people through how to do that, start really facing their life, getting the most empowering thing is get rid of your victimhood, right? Start um, getting rid of dissonance in their life, everything that they know they need to be moving away from, right? Doing amends, cleaning up that, cleaning up their clutter. And then what happens is they start feeling more alive because they've removed some of this stuff. It's an eight week program and it is, in, it's a, it's a workshop, oh, I love you know, it. weeks three to five, there's a lot of crying and lots of, I remember one girl, Robin, she, uh, is a major political consultant. And I don't think the girl had cried, you know, in 10 years. Yeah. And she starts doing this work and she calls me. She's like, I've been crying for two days. <gasps> I don't understand. And I'm like, yeah, you unpop the valve, you know? Yes. So we start, what happens is when you remove a lot of that dissonance feelings start coming up, we start feeling again. And then we can start actually kind of co-creating with life. We're not a victim of, we're responding <sighs> too. And um, it's just so fun. And watching people change their lives is, it's the best thing. It's oh, the I, best love it. I love it. You yeah. know, I think sometimes crying is so cleansing and can give you so much energy. It's a good thing to actually have a good cry. Crying for two days and getting everything out that you've been holding in is so cathartic. It's so cathartic. Yes. You know, we try to keep it all together, you know, and it's really good to uh, not keep it together and to let it all loose and let all the stuff we didn't want loose and then start moving into a, a more peaceful state of being within ourselves. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think it takes think... your power back. Oh, wow. I think you're brilliant. Actually, I have to say that. Oh, thank you so much. That's so uh, sweet. Everything, I... everything you're saying is just really touching me. Oh, thank you. You know, it's um, what I've realized is, you know, when you just share the truth, you know, it's like this is this is life. I truly if I had one wish, it would be everybody know they can create any life they desire like you really, really can. Um, it's just there's some there's some programming, right, that's stopping you. So go clear up that programming and then start moving. You know, people, if, if, what I often say is, you know, if your computer wasn't working, you take it to the Apple store. So if your life isn't working, go find, you know, someone that does EMDR, hypnosis or somatic therapy mm -hmm. and start kind of defragging some of those old programs that are holding you back. So and once true. you do that, then you can start making you know better choices. It's really easy. Uh, it's so true. And I love that someone like you who have been through, you've been through so much, so much uh, maybe negative things in your life and also the positive things in your life. And, and you're caring enough to step up and share those uh, events in your life with so many others so that they know they're not alone. Those who have, yeah. ha have been through as much as you have and in some of the ways that you have and that 
they're not alone. I think sometimes we all feel like at times we're the only ones that feel this way or we're the only ones who have been through something like this and and there maybe there's not an answer to getting us through it. When someone like you steps up and says, no, you can get through it and this is how I got through it. Maybe something I have lived through and conquered will help you. I love it when people like you do what you're doing. It's such a blessing to everyone here. So thank you so much. Thank you. I wrote this course 15 years ago before Poopery, and it was called Inside Out, How to Create a Life You Desire by Going Within, because I was happy. And even though I just filed bankruptcy, I was rich inside myself. So I knew where abundance lived. I knew it was an internal state of being. I just knew it. Uh And I had five people in the course and no one finished it. And I didn't even finish it. And I remember thinking like, oh, I haven't made any money. So they don't really probably believe me, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I just brought it back out. And I'm like, okay, I got a little more street cred now. Yeah. Right. So I can start telling people this is really how it works. And I used to often tell the story. People go, why do you do this? Do you remember the story about how someone falls in a hole and then, you know, a rabbi walks by and tells him how to pray, you know, uh, you know, an engineer walks by, gives him strategy. And then the third person jumps down in the hole with him and says, why are you in here? And he's like, well, I know the way out, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what I feel like with the live OS. It's like, I'm going to jump in here with you because I know the way out. Oh, I love that. got me out. Hopefully it can get you out. Let's go. Yes. You know, one thing that Philip always talks about, and I've talked about it in my first book, because we both believe in it so much. We can both relate to it so much because Philip and I both grew up with alcoholic fathers. So, I will have to say that Philip helped me so much with this belief, but we both really came to it before we even met each other. But he certainly helped strengthen my belief in parental legacy because both of our fathers were alcoholics. It was really tough growing up. I grew up with a life of uncertainty, but we both made this decision that we would not carry our parental legacy forward in our adult life. Yeah, no, that's so great. But what we don't realize, you know, like in the Bible, it talks about the seven generation curses and what these are are generational patterns is what I've seen. It's generational programming. Yes. And you can change that. The the day that uh, the Forbes announcement came out, which I didn't even know that list existed. And I, you know, I've just had my nose down, like, let's go, you know, and And congratulations uh, on that. Oh, thank you. But when it came out, I laid I I get we be again I laid on my kitchen floor and sobbed for hours and you know my children were calling my ex-husband and they were like what's going on and I said have you ever seen someone uh at one of those long races like a marathon and they collapse over the finish line I said that's what I feel like I said I had no idea that I'd been in a race I said only I didn't know I'd been in a race but what I had been a race in was breaking generational poverty. Oh, like I, yeah, I, I mean, right now, like it's uh, like that has been generation upon generation. You know, my great grandfather lived in a, a shack in a cotton patch. You know, my other uh, grandparents were poor, you know, um, Irish immigrants, you know, and it's just as long as you can see, there was just poverty. And to break that, not only the break, also you know, lots of breakage, you know, uh-huh, from uh-huh. addiction, um, 
you know, but that's it. It's like, it's, you can break those patterns yes. and it's important Robin yes. to break those because those get passed through and down. Right. I, I agree. Yes. Yes. That's yeah, so true. They do. And, and then yes. you burn your children with breaking them. And I do believe that even if you do have older children, because when I started breaking these patterns, my children were older and watching the way their lives are shifting and they're healing themselves. I do believe that somehow energetically that my healing has also allowed them to heal, even yes. though they're already oh, here. Yes. Oh, yes. I totally agree with that. And I think we have to be aware that we're parents. Every day, our children are watching us. So I believe we have to take advantage every moment of every day to teach our children. Yeah. After 38, after my second bankruptcy, you know, before that, I was so narcissistically addicted to my own pain, Robin. I'd recently been talking about pain. Uh, when you're in deep pain, it's all consuming. Uh -huh. You know, I just had some IBS stuff last weekend. You know, I go all happy and I'm like, oh, I'm so enlightened and happy, happy, happy. And then all of a sudden my body hurts and I'm like, ah, you know, it's your entire focus uh -huh. goes to that, right? That's right. So I also understand when you're so far under and you're so full of so much pain that you can't even think about another person uh -huh. because you're so obsessed with your, your getting out of pain, right? That's right. And that's how much pain I was in most of my life. And it was only when I started healing and going to therapy and, and healing that pain and those childhood traumas that I started, it was like I... Um, you know, it's what I had to use antidepressants for, for years, you know, uh, prior to my second bankruptcy, I was on antidepressants for seven years because I couldn't hold it together. Uh -huh. I needed a, I needed a breath right yes. above water. Yes. But once I started feeling pain, I started getting more and more breath. Then I could start <gasps> focusing on the people yes. around me yes. because I wasn't in so much pain myself. I love that. Yeah. And again, your children are learning from you even then that it's okay yeah. if you need help, get help. Yeah. Get the help you need. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I needed it, man. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I needed all the help I can get. Everybody's uh, always saying, I'm praying for you. I'm like, send it all. Okay. Oh, I love that. How has putting on a mentor role given your life a new purpose? You know, um, I was with, um, are you familiar with the native indigenous, um, groups they're like moon dancers and sun dancers have you heard of this yes yes okay so one of my friends is a moon dancer and it's uh they go out and do these ceremonies from the native traditions uh -huh. and um she's a grandmother and what she taught me was it's not the mother's job to pass down wisdom it's the grandmother's job to pass down wisdom because the mothers are too busy trying to keep the children alive right you're trying to make sure that they're fed and they're slept and right they poop and you know, you're yeah. doing all that, but it's a grandmother's job. And when she taught me that, number one, I became excited about being a grandmother someday. Yeah. Um, but the second thing is I started thinking like, you know, I've been on this path and I have wisdom 
that is just been earned through experience to share. And there's no greater honor than being able to share that. So I started having women uh, come into my house once a month, uh, women, mostly entrepreneurs. And I would say, ask me any question that you want. And then I would hold a morning tea. This was before COVID. And I would meet at a coffee shop and I'd say every Wednesday morning, I'm going to be there at 8 a.m. Come meet me. And I'd have, you know, 30, 40 women <gasps> sitting at a table. And I'm like, ask me anything. Oh. Um, and it was so enjoyable just to be able to share and thinking that someone may take that information the way that banker did to me. Yes. That I that they will use that at some point in their life and remember, you just never know how much that's going to be carried on, you know, years from now. I'm still talking right. about this banker, you know? That's right. Uh, yeah. <gasps> yeah. I love that. Oh, I And again, I just, anybody that's trying to improve their life or, change it like if i'm there like come on let's go oh, you know i just let's do it i just it's exciting that. if you started with the tools that you have now how do you think it would have affected your professional endeavors well i wouldn't have been in any business that i was in because um you know, what I realized is I wasn't doing those from any sort of passion, really. Uh -huh. It was to make money. I had an end goal. Uh -huh. And now what I've said is if I could lose everything, if that's a possibility, I'm only going to do fun stuff that I like to do, because at least when I look back, it'll I'll have had a good time, right? Because my second bankruptcy, I looked back and I was like, I wasn't even having fun doing all of that. And I lost it. So if I know I can lose it all, like we're just going to have a good time, right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I had I known that. that, I would have chased more passionate ideas. I would have been a bigger risk taker. Um, yeah, it would good. have changed everything. Good, yeah. good. Well, you know what? I truly feel that everything happens for a reason, for a purpose. What are your thoughts on that? And having gone through so much, but having so much knowledge now. It absolutely. I'll tell you what, I would not take back a single experience. I mean, my most shameful yes. thing I've ever, you know, the thing that gets me in my gut, the most embarrassing, I wouldn't take a single thing back uh -huh. if I weren't in this place I am right now. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. know everything happens yeah. on purpose. Yeah. I, I know it does. You know, it's all here for our awakening and for our growth. Uh -huh. The question is, do you want to see it that way or do you want to continue being a victim? Oh, I love Because that's that. all choices. I love They're, that. You always have a choice, right? You yes. said it. You yes. always have a choice. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, I'm just a firm believer that God has a plan for all of us. And the sooner we accept that, the better off our life is going to be. Yeah. It's part of the plan. There's a piece about knowing that. Don't you agree? Oh, yeah. Do you think that everyone can manifest the life they want? I believe, you know, that word manifest um, gets me sometimes because people think it's magic. I believe that you can absolutely create the life you want. Uh -huh. But again, the deeper down you are, you know, guilt and shame is the lowest vibration. Go clean that up. Oh, you know, yes. go to hypnosis, go to EMDR, go to some sort of uh, therapy uh -huh. to help you shift that energy. Once you start doing that, then your life will absolutely change. Like uh -huh. it has to. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And when do you think is the best time to start? And what's the first step? 
just, you know, uh, call a therapist uh-huh. and say, I want to change my life. Uh-huh. You know, um, a lot of times people say, well, I don't have the money for that. And I said, you know, and I understand there's lots of uh, free programs. You know, yes. you can Google free therapy in your area. You know, I don't know what area you are, but, you know, you have those resources. I follow Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's um, and on his website, there's lots of ways to reprogram your subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. You know, people have had experience with tapping. I haven't done that. And I don't know. But there, where there's a will, there's a way. Right. Like, go find it. Right. And, and make a choice uh-huh. to change your life. I think that sometimes it's just you have to get to that point where you just think, I'm so sick of this. I'm not going to take it. Not another day. And I'm going to find whatever it takes. Sometimes it's sitting with a group of friends who have been through the same thing and have come out on the other side. Sometimes it's going to the library and sitting on the floor and going through books until you find the one. Sometimes it's, it's, it is just going to a clinic or, but it's researching, it's finding the answer. And, And there are a lot of opportunities out there, a lot of resources, and it's just looking until you find it. Find it. Yeah. Be determined. Yeah. Yeah. Put that, put that determination and direct it towards your healing, you know, and just be passionate about it. We've come to a time now where we do something. Again, I said we do two things on every podcast. One was the drink of the day. Now it's the game of the day. Do you like to play games? I love to play games. I do too. I love games. So when you talked earlier about having fun, that is just one thing I've always been about. Like like with my boys, raising our boys, like they would run out on the basketball court. The last thing I would yell, like Philip would give them like plays. Okay, try this and do this or do that with the athletics. But I'd go, have fun, have fun. Like my, that was always my, my advice. So, so I love to play games. So since gratitude is such a large part of your teachings, I thought we could use today's game to reflect on our blessings. What do you think? Yes, okay. I love it. So this, this is called Attitude of Gratitude. And we're both going to go through the prompts and answer as authentically as possible. Okay, Okay. so the first one is, who is someone you are grateful for today? Oh, my gosh. I'm grateful for you right now with Ah. this podcast. Uh, You know, I know that you have a lot of really excited listeners, and I feel excited to be able to connect with you all. I really do. Thank you so much. So, okay, so someone I am grateful for today, I'm, I want to say you as well, and I, I really mean that. I'm not just being a copycat. I am very grateful that you joined my podcast today and that the entire secret squad out there of listeners get to hear all of your words of wisdom and your amazing personality coming over on the podcast today. So I'm going to answer the same way, but I'm also going to give another answer so everyone won't think I just copied you, okay? I am grateful today for my new daughter-in-law, Morgan, because not even a month ago, she gave me a new granddaughter. Now I'm getting very weepy, but she and my son gave me a new granddaughter, Ro Ringley, and she's so precious. So I'm so grateful for Morgan today. Feeling a lot of gratitude today for, for Morgan. Okay, so number two, how often do you reflect on your blessings? Oh, every moment. Like, I I mean, as much as I can. I I, I walk around my house and, 
just my whole life. I it's every moment is ah, pinch myself. I love yeah. that. And answer. definitely every night when I go to bed and every morning when I wake up. Oh, those are my. Yeah. Yes. You took my answer sort of because I either do it every morning or every night. I'm huge on bubble baths. I love to soak in the bathtub. It's like a regeneration time for me. So I soak in the bubble bath and I will do like a prayer and but I also count my blessings in my bubble bath. So every day. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that bubble bath blessings. Yes. Thank you. I you, can do, to... you can make a bubble bath called blessings. Yes, I should. I should. Yeah. I had never even said it that way or thought of it that way. That's beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. And you, yeah, you can put the little, the, what, what you do on the back, there's your new product. Thank you. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite way to show someone gratitude? Um, I'm usually tell them and I love to buy things. So I'm a gifter. So I love to buy gifts too. That is so crazy. Yeah. I'm going to have to answer first on the next one because I'm copying. Do you know that is my answer? I love to gift people things and personalize it. It's, I love to think of something for someone that I know they're going to love, but giving someone a gift is my number one way. We're yeah, so much alike. So I know. I love that. Oh, <laughs> Okay, number four. I'm going to go first because okay. <laughs> I don't want you to think I'm copying. Okay, when is the last time someone expressed their gratitude towards you and how did it make you feel? Okay, the last time was two days ago and it made me feel very proud and appreciated. Aww. Okay. <laughs> oh, so... Um... Just yesterday, and well, actually, I had a meeting yesterday, and I got an amazing email this morning, and it's from a person I really respect and admire and was a little nervous, and uh, the report back was so gracious and uh, so much gratitude that I was, I felt um, proud you know, because I'd worked really hard on this particular presentation. I felt seen. I felt like uh, the work I put in it was really recognized. And uh, I felt happy, you know, oh. like, oh, but it was mostly I felt seen. I felt like, yeah, I did work really hard on that. And I knew that they knew that. I love that. That's beautiful. It was really fun. Okay, so the next one. What has made you laugh or smile recently? Uh, my friend Katie went and lived um, in the woods for six months, and she's so funny. She lived by herself, and she has come back, and she makes me crack up every single day I talk to her. She kind of went wild and free. It's <gasps> kind of <funny>. Really? <laughs> that yeah. is so cute. It's so, so she fun. just decided to do it, and she went and did it. Yeah. And she just came back and it's almost like a, she's a wild woman and it's so fun because she just does not care anymore what anybody thinks about anything. Bravo. Good for <laughs> her. So nice. And I just crack up. I'm uh, like, uh, you can say that? Okay. <laughs> I love that. Congratulations yeah. that you have a friend like that. No, thank you. Oh, and love. what's yours? Okay, so what has made you laugh or smile recently? Oh, I'm going to have to give it to Avery, my granddaughter. 
She is hilarious. And I was, like I said, I was on with her yesterday on that house party and she just cracks me up. And like, <laughs> she just is so funny and so cute. And she was telling me a story about, she's got a birthday coming up and we were planning a celebration and they just went back to school. And I said, do you get to do something at school for your birthday? She says, grandma, we're in cubicles and we have face masks and I can't take any treats because nobody can touch them. And I don't know, her just trying to explain everything, just, she just cracks me up. So she made me laugh, <laughs> definitely laugh and smiled yesterday. Like, it's not a celebratory environment, Exactly. Grandma. It's like, Grandma, I cannot take any treats. We cannot do anything. So no, <laughs> but she was laughing about it. I just think she's hilarious. Okay, so the next oh, one is, is there someone you are grateful for that you've never met? I'll answer that first because I was just thinking about this. And again, it goes back to the computer and because I'm so technologically challenged. But you know what I was just thinking about? I am so grateful for the brilliant minds that create all of these apps that are on the computer that make it available for us to do so much. And again, I'm thinking of like house party for these young kids mm -hmm. and the fact that now I can just sit down at my desk at home and pull up just click and I'm talking to my grandchildren. I'm grateful for those brilliant people. Oh, that's so nice. Um, you know, whenever you first said that, what I was thinking about, my son grows, um, one of my sons grows uh, microgreens and hydroponics. <gasps> and watching him grow and teaching me about what farmers go through and the, the way food is transported and, you know, I take it for granted, you know, I go to yep. Whole Foods and get my stuff and, and really I'm so grateful for all of those people because there's not a lot of money yes. in being a farmer yes. and there's, it's a lot of work. So, um, I feel grateful really for all those farmers out there that are giving me food every day so I can just pick it off a shelf. I agree. I agree. You know? That's a great answer because you're right. We do take it for granted, don't we? I do. I yeah. do. I do too. I agree with you. That is a very good answer. Okay. So this is our last one. What's something positive you will take away from our conversation today? I love how positive you are. Oh. I am positive about your positive attitude. I've just been noticing. Yeah, you're very appreciative and positive. So I'm going to take that away today. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate you yeah. saying that. That that really means a lot to me because I find that you're yeah. very positive as well. And what I'm going to take away from today is the real desire to become a mentor. After visiting with you today, I just realized I really want to walk in your shoes. I want to become a mentor in some way. And I'm going to, that's going to be my mission. You've truly inspired me. Oh, thank you. Well, what a lucky world. Whoever oh. gets to sign up for that mentorship. Oh, you're so <laughs> kind. You're so kind. But truly, you have really inspired me. And I am just so proud that we have spent this time together. And that unfortunately brings us to the end of this podcast, Susie. Thank you so, so much. 
for inspiring the Secret Squad and myself today. And can you tell all of the listeners how to find out more information about you and your businesses online? Thank you. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. It's been a total joy and delight. No wonder your listeners love you so much. Oh, it's obvious oh. when you spend time with you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you can reach me um, on Instagram, you know, all the social media channels. I'm Susie Batiz, S-U-Z-Y-B-A-T-I-Z, and or SusieBatiz.com. Um, and you can see whatever I'm up to. I'm doing, um, I'm trying to speak again, do lots of speaking things, but yeah, they can reach me there and you can, uh, supernatural.com, or you can just, uh, find about a live OS on my website. That is so wonderful. And all of that will be on, I've got a secret with robinmcgraw.com along with blogs, recipes, and behind the scenes photos. So please make sure to rate and review this podcast if you liked what you heard. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye-bye.